Welcome in, welcome in for a very exciting episode here with Sons of Dynasty. We appreciate you all tuning in with us this evening. I will be your host. You can find me on Twitter at DanBrownNFL. And here with me tonight is my co-host and residential cook here at the clubhouse, BZB. You can find him on Twitter at TheBZBFF. What is cooking, B? What up, man? That's another Wednesday night. Super excited to be here for this show. Uh, you know, uh, forgive my voice. I got the sniffles. I'm battling something that's not COVID, so that's all that I care about. And just gonna kind of getting through it, my man. Well, man, I ho- I hope you kick it quickly and, and are able to make a full recovery. Uh, but also with us tonight is a good friend of ours, and as of February, now a full-time analyst there with Fantasy Pros. Some have even referred to him as my FF Twitter doppelganger, <laughs> D-Bro himself, the man who brings the energy to the microphone each and every time, Derek Brown. You can find him at D-Bro underscore FFB. Derek, what is going on, my brother? Dan, Bees, what's up, fellas? Uh, thank y'all for having me. It's going to be a blast. Um, one, because, I mean, honestly, Dan, we've had a chance, and, you know, I'm going to remind you of this constantly. We've had a chance to already chop it up on a show before this. But, Bees, this is the first time. Um, yeah. I, I brought a drink. I got a drink for you, sir. So, you're trying to start things off right um, for this first-time date. Um, not a blind date. We've talked before. But, yeah, nevertheless, no. it's going to be a good one, man. Yeah, excited. Yeah, man, we are excited to have you here tonight. I, I joke about the doppelganger, obviously, D. Brown, uh, probably something that you were referred okay. to as Let's uh, Let's bring this back. I don't want right. to sit here and interrupt you, but let's talk about this for a second. That used to be a real damn thing. Like, people would tag me or you yep. and stuff, and I never knew who the hell they were actually talking to. Um, didn't you have, like, a different, like tagline or different twitter handle or something like that and at the time i was like dude like i don't, I don't know whether i should answer this and i'm stepping on toes or maybe i should it was the most confusing social media quandary probably that i've ever been in and that's not being hyperbolic like we used to get tagged religiously and i'm like i, I don't want to be a rude <laughs> asshole but i don't know whether i should answer this <laughs> Well, it's funny because I, I did eventually end up changing my Twitter handle. It was dbrownff88, and uh, it, it was fine, but I did end up changing it. And this was kind of early on before I really was even putting my name face out there constantly. And, and and I'd be lying if I didn't say that you did have something to do with me changing it. And, and because we were getting mistaken for each other. I, I told you, I, I got my league winnings. It was, it was a T-shirt and a hat or something from a, a league that I was in. And it had my address right, but it was uh, addressed to Derek Brown. And I was just like, <laughs> you know what? That, that's fine with me. And and there's I've, I've been on at least one or two podcasts where, where I was that's referred to as Derek. And, and I, you know, I want to interrupt. I want to say, oh, yo, that's not me. You know, my name's Dan. But I almost Did just you go through the entire episodes? Yeah. Did you go through the entire episodes and didn't say shit? I mean, please tell me I, you didn't do that, Dan. Feel, Come on. I feel like I'm stepping on your coattails as, as you're trucking through the snow, and I'm almost just kind of sitting back and coattails. getting a, a, a free ride, if you will. So, uh, you know, but we decided that I needed to to correct that, and I I threw the Dan in there. There was going to be no more discrepancies on, on it, which D Brown it was when people were tagging me on Twitter. So I'm glad we were able to get past that and to see the both of us now blossom with our our Twitter handles and and all. 
always have that in common. Uh, It's something that I'm going to live by as we continue our friendship down the line. I mean, ball dude, beer talks fantasy. Okay. I could, I could see why they would, you know, kind of get it a little bit confused. I think you have more hair than me, but still. You don't know. You still have more hair than me. Okay. There's still more up there. Okay. Just saying. People are like, Oh, you need to grow it out. And I'm like, this shit looks like a crop circle. This looks like aliens were trying to sit here and communicate a message to another like race of people. Like this doesn't look good when it gets longer. No, no. People are like, is that a triangle in your head? No, no. Triangles of three. No. Well, damn it. Is that a prism? What are you going for? I'm yeah, like, I'm, I'm well past the uh, attempting to, to grow it out, to, to comb it over, to, to fluff it up or, or any Have of you that reached the stuff. stage that I'm at and I just want to get it all lasered off and never have to worry Absolutely. about shaving my damn head anymore? I'm just like, Absolutely. look, I... here's the thing. Either give me all of it or none of it. Like, I don't want this in-between <laughs> stage, dude. Just either take it all or, 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 or I want it all back. Come on. Yep. I got to get that, dude. I got this big old circle right here that when my hair grows in, you can absolutely see it. So I have taken it all oh, down Oh, you got the fryer tuck. And... Okay. Yeah. It's it's gangster sometimes, <laughs> you know? If you wear it right, you rock it properly. All, all three of us oh. are wearing hats for a reason this evening. But nonetheless, <laughs> we, we could talk about our, our olding, bald issues all night long. And I'm, I'm sure a laundry list of other things. Uh, but but let's move along here. Uh, BZ, tell uh, the listeners here about uh, Fantasy Points Live. Yeah. So SOD are proud members of Fantasy Points Live. With our promo code SUNS22, you can get 10% off at FantasyPoints.com. They have a ton of new content coming your way right now including Graham Barfield's off-season stat pack and John Hansen's underdog fantasy best ball draft plan. Go check it out because if you ride with fantasy points, you'll score more in 22 and beyond. Absolutely, man. We are thrilled to be a part of the Fantasy Points media group and and uh, all the great content that they are putting out there over at Fantasy Points. Wow. I mean, Debro, I know you're shout out to my boy. Fantasy. Shout out to my boy Brett uh, Whitefield, who's now a part of the Fantasy Points team, man. Like. What they're going to do with the the data side is going to be fantastic. Brett and Chris Wecht are two, first of all, they're two damn amazing humans. And second of all, they're extreme. (laughs) I I can't even stress that enough. They're extremely good at what they do. So I'm excited. I'm going to be subbing there for for their stats and stuff like that because, good Lord, I'm just, I'm a stat whore. So I have subs to everywhere. So um, it's, it's going to be really, really good stuff. I'll tell you that. If you are going to get that sub, Derek, look no further than the promo code here on the screen. Suns Take, takes out pen, writes uh, down Suns 22. And 10% off will be there in your pocket, sir. But again, we love what uh, Fantasy Points is doing, the growth that they've had just over the past year alone, and, and what they're really opening up to. I mean, it, it's gotten bigger and better. And just like uh, uh, Fantasy Football, uh, you know, when, when we're looking at these prospects, you want to see that growth and them continually get better. Well, that's what's happening at Fantasy Points. They are taking it to the next level this year, and we're just happy to be a part of it here with the media group. Both. All right, fellas, 
let's move on into the uh, meat and potatoes, if you will, here of the show. And in this segment, we are going to look at the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Expert Consensus Rankings. And we're going to take four guys from a similar range at each position. We'll take a minute to talk about each one of the options before I end up asking you guys to lock one of them in. If we were in a Dynasty startup today and you were in need of this position, and these are the top four options that you're looking at, I want to know which one you're going with. And let's start at the quarterback position. All right. And I'll go ahead and name the four guys we got here. We have Tua, who's coming in at QB 17 currently, Mac Jones, QB 18, Zach Wilson, QB 19, and Kenny Pickett coming in at QB 22. A little bit of rookie love here with some uh, other young guys. I mean, all these guys bunched right in here are, are really in a similar position as far as uh, longevity goes. And, and if you will, any of them stand out to you initially? Go ahead, Bees. Okay. Go ahead, Beezy. All right, yeah. Oh, man. So we all know that I got a lot of love for Tua. Um, he has definitely been one of my, you know, biggest dynasty buys for a while now. Um, I think with him, you know, you've seen a kid that had like this devastating injury in college. You know, you almost thought it could be a career ender for him. And then, you know, he comes in, he gets drafted in the first round. He gets to take, goes to the Dolphins. Um, you know, he has a he, kind of a rough rookie season. And, and, and last year, you know, it, he, you saw a lot of growth with him, but, you know, he didn't really take it to that next level that a lot of people wanted him to. Uh, my biggest thing with that was I think the coaching was a massive issue. I think the offensive line was terrible. Uh, that kid was getting pummeled all the time. I mean, you know, the offensive line was so bad. It's like, you know, his depth of target, you know, was like 7.4, you know, 6.8 yards per completion. Uh, this had everything to do with this offensive line, just not being able to keep him upright and keep him from, you know, uh, you know, getting quick feet. I mean, he was just getting attacked everywhere. Um, they have done a lot. They, you know, they brought in Taron Armstead. They brought in Connor Williams for the offensive line. You know, they hit up Edmonds, Mostert. You get Tyree Kill as a wide receiver, Cedric Wilson. Um, you know, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater as the two and also as a mentor. Um, this offense, and, you know, obviously the big thing here is Mike Mike McDaniel is coming over from San Fran and becoming this offensive coach, well, the, the head coach. They um, he, he is going to get this system downright, and Tua is going to thrive in the system that he creates for him. Uh, with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, you got yak machines out there. So all Tua's got to do is just go out there, you know, get a little bit better each game. Get it, you know, his completion percentage last last year was sixty seven point eight. So it's not like he wasn't accurate. He just got to get that long ball going. Uh, they got to open up the offense a little bit more. Uh, I think with this offense, they can this year. So that would be my guy. Yeah, with Tua, you know, he averaged 16.2 fantasy points per game last season, good enough for QB 16, and that's after averaging 16.6 fantasy points per game started and finished minus his benchings his rookie season. Now, as you mentioned, following the uh, arrival of Tyreek Hill, I think everybody can kind of get a peek of him taking that next step one year uh, further removed from the injury. I don't think it's out of bounds to say that most people are kind of buying into a almost a put up or shut up year for Tua as of now Derek what are your thoughts on Tua I mean out of this group I think Tua stands head and head and shoulders above the rest of the guys I mean that that's the guy that I want to pick here because I I've never understood the slander with Tua I don't I still don't understand why people just love to sit here and crack jokes because it they're all ridiculous like it it, it comes down to the fact of people make the same tired ass jokes and they're all like ha <laughs> ha 
it's not funny. It really isn't. Like, the fact that you're just showing your bias. If I were to sit here and tell you any quarterback, and I take away the names for all of this, and I said, you have a quarterback in fantasy that is outside the top 15 in dynasty quarterbacks right, right now. And last year, he finished first in deep ball completion rate. He finished 10th in pressured completion rate. And he was top 10 in play action, red zone, and clean pocket. And you're going to tell me, oh, I don't want that guy. Oh, let's shade that guy. No, that's Tua. That's Tua Tagovailoa. Like, I don't understand why everybody's got this freaking problem and they want to talk about his arm and stuff. Does he have a cannon like Josh Allen? No. Does he need a cannon like Josh Allen? No. Can he make all the throws that you need to make, even short, intermediate, and downfield, and accurately? Just because he wasn't going deep a ton doesn't mean that he has a shit arm. Just because he wasn't going deep a ton doesn't mean that he can't. In the small sample that we have of Tua going deep, he was really good at it. And now we have Jalen Waddle, and now we have Tyreek Hill in the building. Plus, you have athletic monsters all across the field, okay? Chase Edmonds in this backfield is going to do great in the screen game. You also have other athletic players. Like, I can go all the way up and down the depth chart. I mean, Mike Gusecki's a low-hanging fruit. Yeah. I still love Hunter Long. And I'm not even going to go all the way to the UDFA world of Tanner Connor, although I am going to bring up his name. But okay. this is a good coaching staff. And Tua is surrounded by good skill players and improved, much improved offensive line. I don't understand the shade. I really do not get it. Because if Tua comes out there and he balls out this year, I think that there is a way where he can be a top 12 quarterback this year if everything in the stars align and he throws for a bunch of touchdowns. Hell, we might even see him run more now being off the injury to his hip for multiple seasons. And you're telling me with a better screen, like with a better offensive scheme, that he can't be a top 12 quarterback? Like, people need to miss me with all that shade because it's bullshit. Absolutely. I love it. I I think I really like the weapons that they put around him, and and they really kind of fit what what we know Tua Tua is capable of. So uh, I, I am buying at that price. I think you could see a nice little ROI this time next year. Uh, when we see him take that step with these weapons, uh, you might be looking at him as as a back end QB one this time next year. So I am buying at, at this current price tag. Derek, anybody uh, else here, or who's the next quarterback that stands out to you that you'd be interested in here? Uh, it's probably Mac Jones. Um, it, the thing about Mac Jones is that is he ever going to run? No. Is there a range of outcomes where Mac Jones can be? A can, can New England evolve into a team that's going to pass more? That's where I think the difference is between some of these other quarterbacks. Like Kenny Pickett, I'm sorry. I I think he could be a league average starter. I think that you could win possibly with Kenny Pickett if they put all the good pieces around him. I don't know if Kenny Pickett's ever going to turn into a quarterback that you win because of. And that means not only from a real-life NFL perspective, but even a fantasy perspective. Like, is he ever going to run and throw enough to where we're going to see a top 12 outcome for him? A lot of people were higher. I mean, all the Joe Burrow comparisons were, were terrible. People should automatically just delete those tweets. Go back, search them, delete those tweets. Joe Burrow and Kenny Pickett should never be mentioned in the same freaking sentence. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. (laughs) Mac Jones, at least we know he is really damn accurate. He is a really good passer. Is he ever going to give you anything for rushing? Hell no. We're not going to see that. But 
is there a range of outcomes where he ever falls into an offensive system? And I don't think that's this year with, oh, good Lord, Patricia or Judge, one of them may be calling plays. Maybe Coach Bill gets involved. Who the hell knows? I don't feel great about Mac this year, but is there a range of outcomes where because of his abilities as a passer, New England goes, all right, you know what? Screw it. Sling the rock. Let's go. That I see in a range of outcomes higher than somebody like Zach Wilson. And this is not me throwing shade at Zach Wilson, but I even went back there and I put a tweet out a long time ago talking about Zach Wilson's probably one of my favorite QB2s. And I threw it out there like I was like, man, I really love the the, the skill sets. I love all the guys around him. The Jets may are making really, really good decisions. Really good decisions. And with Zach Wilson, you're really just hoping and praying that he takes this next step. And if you look at all of his metrics, I, look, when I was on Tua before walking into last season, I was like, there are ways and numbers that where if you squint and you look at this in different parts of the season where you could tell yourself a story of upside. I went through all of Zach Wilson's numbers, even the, the, the back half of the season where he came back from injury and played down the stretch, although it was, it was improved, his numbers were still terrible guys. And it's not that I don't think that he doesn't have the talent, but I was always lower on Zach Wilson than probably consensus, even as a prospect, like, all these Patrick Mahomes comparisons, and you see him threading the needle and deep throws and stuff. There was a lot of stuff at BYU that he was not going to see in the NFL, both from just like clean pocket perspective, which you could see the Jets are trying to say, okay, you don't deal with pressure well. You don't deal with pressure well at all. Okay, we're just going to build up this mountain in front of you, and nobody's ever going to get through it because their offensive line is quietly, I think, going to be top eight, top ten this year. Yeah. So... If I got to pick a second guy out of this range, it'd be Mac Jones, and I'm I'm probably not interested in the other guys here. I'll I'll, I'll go with it. I I agree with man. Uh, I was a huge Mac Jones fan coming in. Um, you know, uh, myself and FF Term were two guys that were just pounding the table for Mac. I just said this kid's the best quarterback in this class, in my opinion, or not. You know, I mean, not in the class, but he's right up there with the top, you know, two or three. Um, you know, the New England offense is going to need to evolve eventually. Uh, this division just keeps getting tougher and tougher. You got Buffalo's got a stacked offense. Miami's on the rise. Uh, you know, the Jets are getting at least they're getting players in there. And it was Zach Wilson take that step. That's a big question mark for me. But eventually, you know, with the way that Mac played, you know, this is like Belichick was just giving this kid the, you know, his first year, he was trying to take it easy on him and make it comfortable for him. He was getting that run game going. He was just basically having him do the basics. Uh, just get that down. He'll start to evolve as they go. And as, as they start to play, you know, better teams, the competition gets better within their own division. They're going to be forced to throw some more. So I think Mac Jones is a great, uh, you know, quarterback too, that you can get for a super flex, especially right now, uh, you know, at a distance discount uh because he's not going for, for very much i mean honestly um yeah. zach wilson never a fan um i still not a fan even though i've grabbed him in a few but uh you know they're adding weapons around him Brees hall should be a big uh help for him out of that backfield giving him that stability at a, as a running back uh and garrett wilson hopefully will become his best friend because uh, i love garrett wilson um and then, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, I'm a Steeler guy. Uh, this one kind of broke my heart a little bit. Uh, I did not expect them to go pick it, at, you know, in the first round. Uh, if anything, I thought they might go out and grab Malik, but uh, this was definitely a shocker pick. They got uh, scared, Bees. They got scared. Is. They I did. think they got they, scared. 
I agree. And you know what? They should have gone Malik, man. Popped him behind Trubisky for a year, even two if that's necessary. But, you know, they went and they got Pickett. And now we might have a you know quarterback battle here, which I really don't think it's going to be. I think Mitch is a starter. Maybe Pickett gets some lineup, but not a huge fan of Pickett moving forward. If I if I if I'm desperate for a quarterback, like for depth and a super flex, you know, and I can get him in like in a good spot in the draft, maybe, but not really targeting him anywhere. Yeah, I mean, one thing with Pickett, you gotta say is, you know, the the weapons and the offenses that he's in, uh, you know, that that's friendly right there. So while you know I'm not a big believer in Pickett, obviously the Steelers saw enough to to give him the capital and essentially the keys. Yes, Mitch Trubisky is there, but uh, he can essentially be cut after one season here. So we might see a competition. Maybe you know we don't even see Kenny Pickett till uh, midway through the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they let Mitch run with it for the first you know half. If the that season happens. Even. Dude, if that happens, the the Steelers just shit the bed on a first round pick. If, I, if, I, if Trubisky starts Week One, the Steelers yep. just need to come out with a press release and say, "Man, you know what? We, we screwed up. the hell up. We screwed up. Sorry, but almost like that meme. Like, all right, change my mind. Like, the thing about it is, is that like, even if this battle is remotely close, remotely close, why in the hell would you be throwing out Mitch Trubisky to start? If it's remotely close, if, if Kenny Pickett looks even serviceable in this offense, you can't start Trubisky. There's no way. One, you're burning part of a year. If he starts the entire year, you're burning one year of a rookie deal. Number two, this just tells you that, like, the one quarterback that win the first round, basically they're making signal that, like, well, maybe he shouldn't have gone in the first round, which makes it an even worse freaking pick. I don't care if he went in the 20s. He shouldn't have gone in the first round, if that's the case. If Trubisky makes starts this year, the Pittsburgh receivers just needed to issue a press release and say, you know what? We didn't screw the hell up. And that's fine. There you go. Great. Yeah, and, and I mean, that very well may be the case. You know, outside of the fake slide, you know, Kenny Pickett didn't do a whole lot for me to move the needle. He, he was one of my lower-ranked quarterbacks in this class. And like you mentioned, was a surprise there on uh, draft night there. So, uh, so if you guys, you know, we kind of talked about them all at this point. Uh, I think we all agree that Tua is indeed our first choice here of this grouping. We were all in sync there, and I, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong here, I think both of you had Mac Jones as your two in this grouping here. Yeah, followed by Zach Wilson and Kenny Pickett. So the order in which uh you know they fall here is how you guys would take them yeah yeah it's well i mean actually my my rearranged order is Tua, mac jones and none of the shit below it <laughs> so <laughs> forget it i'm good with yeah. you you can miss me with both the other quarterbacks i'm fine with it all right i don't mind that at all i'm, I'm hoping to have my quarterbacks locked up you know assuming it's a super flex league of course gotta start uh, QB, I'm hoping, qb baby i'm QB, hoping to QB. have my qbs locked up long before we get to qb 17 18 or 19 yes. so yep. uh we'll keep it moving um let's move on into the next position here that is going to be the running back position bz take it away here all right so we have got four running backs that we're going to be looking at here Ramon J. Stevenson, running back 34, Chase Edmonds, RB35, Devin Singletary, RB36, Rashad Penny, RB37. So, D-Bro, where are we going here, brother? <laughs> Come on, baby. You know exactly where I'm going. I'm going right to the big daddy. Give me Ramon J. Stevenson. Yes! Give me all the smoke. Look, 
out of all of these running backs, he's the only one that's not basically on a one-year deal here. Chase Edmonds has got a two-year contract that's basically a puffed-up one-year deal. They could cut him and get out of it after this year. So it could be sayonara. We got another running back in the draft. It could be that. And you look at, what, Rashad Penny and uh, I'm blanking on the name. Let me get the show sheet back. Oh, Devin Singletary. Dear Lord. Yeah, Rashad Penny's on a one-year deal. Devin Singletary is the last year of his rookie deal. He's not going to be signed for big money anywhere else. Neither is Penny. If Penny had big money, he would have gone somewhere and not Bingo. taken a one-year deal for Seattle. <laughs> so Bingo. you've got one running back that stands out not only from a certainty perspective of where he's at. In, and, and people could say, but it's New England. It's New England. It's so what? I don't I don't care. Like that's fine. You have James White where the reports are right now. We don't even know if he's gonna play this year. We don't even know if he's right. gonna like get stuck on the pup. And I know they just re upped his contract, but it wasn't for a lot of money. They can get out of that if they choose to. They draft a Pierre Strong, it's a fourth round guy. Damian Harris, bye bye. He gone next year. And New England's not going to pay him. So what do you have? You got Ramadre Stevenson, baby! <laughs> that's what you got. And the thing about it is, guys, Ramadre Stevenson showed us last year, he is really good. Like, you're looking at a running back that finished both top 12 in yards after contact per attempt and top 10 in yards per route run. We've seen what he can do both in the preseason and people were willing to write it off like, ah, it's a preseason. It doesn't matter that he's stiff arming the entire damn team. It doesn't matter that he's running and he looks like basically a totally different player after shedding weight. Ah, it doesn't matter. And then he gets in the regular season and he does the same damn thing every time that he got the ball. Legitimately. You need to go add Ramadre Stevenson, like grab him in startups, add him to trades, get him right now because... This is the lowest we're going to see him, guys. And give him, like, I want him handedly over these other three running backs. Like, it is not even in the same area code for me. So the fact that they're ranked this closely, there's a tier break, and it's a big one. Give me the big daddy here. Yeah, see, I think, go, go ahead, BZ. No, go ahead, brother. I, I think the, the main thing here is, is, like, you can almost make a case for why Chase Edmonds, Devin Singletary, or even Rashad Penny – maybe feel more valuable this season here in this season only uh you know but there's really not a whole lot past that 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 you see with these guys definitely a guaranteed workload of any kind um but with Stevenson you do kind of have a little bit more of a tunnel there with, with the upside that you could chase in this range and with these later running backs I mean that's really what we're after you know obviously roster dependent if you know at this point are you're you're down here in the RB 35 36 range you, you know if your team is competing this season or if it is more of a you know one year kind of build up team you know Stevenson makes a lot more sense for that team uh, or a team that's definitely maybe doing a productive struggle type startup build uh but you know i could make a case for really any of the other three guys if i was building a win now team while i like stevenson uh and he's really the 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 more explosive back of the two you know harris you know he's a grinder he is a good running back who runs hard and, and does end up getting hurt and i think stevenson might have that opportunity this season to step into a larger role if it presents itself but i just don't know that he's got the upside in 22 if if i'm really looking to build a win now roster i could make a case for one of these other three guys dan literally all we would need to see is damian harris go down 
That, yeah, that's it. Damian yep. Harris goes down, and he was dinged up all last year. He goes 100%. down, and Ramadre is going to get a massive-ass workload. You know he would automatically get the Damian Harris role, so he'd have he'd have early downs on lock because James yep. White can't play that role. Pierre Strong is not a tackle breaker and a grinder like Ramadre Stevenson is. I like Pierre Strong. Do not get me wrong, but Ramadre Stevenson is just a Damian Harris injury away from being a running back that fits every single build that you possibly have, whether it's win next year, whether it's compete this year, whether it's legitimately like I'm going to be pushing to win in 2024 because he's got three more years of a rookie deal. So to me, I'll push back and I'll say he can fit any way that you want to take the direction of your dynasty roster right now, because legitimately Damian Harris went down. He's going to be the dude. If Chase Edmonds, Say Raheem Mostert goes down. He still has Sloney Michelle to compete with. Miles Gaskin probably gets into it and it's still a committee. You know, and that's not to say like New England's not gonna feature some other running backs. And I know we could say, okay, well, Kenneth Walker goes down, then Rashad Penny just goes back into last year. That's fine. But we also had to go back to Rashad Penny's on a one year deal. So after this, you don't know where the hell he's gonna end up. Right. And that's kind of the same with the Singletary situation. We could say, you know, if, if James Cook uh, it takes a little bit longer to catch on to the playbook, is struggling in camp or what have you, and, uh, you know, maybe Singletary does go back to that workload that we saw at the end of last year, which is a workload that, that you really would drool over when we're talking about RB36. So, you know, the case is there, but I think I am with you as far as Stevenson really being that guy uh, from a dynasty perspective. If, you know, I hate running backs. I hate putting any type of big investment in into a running back. And if, if I happen to have a running back that, that booms, I like to get out from underneath him as quickly as possible. So, but uh, when I am picking these late, these later running backs, the guys that present a little bit more upside that, that I can be a little bit more patient with a one year shelf life uh, for, for these running backs, these other three that we mentioned, I mean, that's a, that, that can be a value killer in dynasty. So getting that guy with, as I mentioned, that has the tunnel, a little bit of light there that you can, see down the road with at this point in the draft really is the direction I would lead. 100%, man. I mean, look, Damien Harris is what's keeping Ramonde Stevenson's value from going through the roof in Dynasty. This is what's keeping Ramonde down. So this is a time to strike. You've seen how many trades have I made in the last like week for Stevenson? Probably about eight or nine. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I'm getting Stevenson as a tossin. It's not even like, you know, it, it, I mean, some of them have, I've, you know, there's definitely something there, but I'm just Stevenson. Okay, I'll get him. Boom, done. This is a kid that you want now. Um, if you're if you're going to get onto that train, you know you strike today, you strike tomorrow, you strike before it gets going. Because once he gets the load, man, and Belichick gets all excited over you know this this kid and his potential, uh, it's it's going to go off, man. I mean, you're looking at he kind of has a little Corey Dillon vibe there, you know, in, in, in a sense, just with that big body, just pounding away. And, uh, and he's got ability in the passing game. Like the kid is like, he, he's a good player. Um, I was down on him coming in, but now I'm all over him, man. And I'm scooping him up in every league I can get. Bees, um, I'd be following you down this rabbit hole, but I don't have to trade for him. I already drafted him in last year. I don't have to trade for him. So, I mean, I, I would I, be following you, man, but I'm, I'm already there. I made I made that I made that call last year where I fell into that dumb trap of ah, it's a Bill Belichick running back and then all of a sudden you seen him play and you were like whoa man this kid is this kid's legit he's got something going so um, I'm I'm correcting my mistakes 
Um, again, I agree with you guys on all the other guys. Uh, Chase Edmonds, um, I, I like him. I like him in that system. I think he could be great in, in the passing down role. Uh, you know, he could definitely see some. He's been efficient in Arizona when he had the backfield to himself. So uh, if they give him a chunk of the run, he could be a decent value this year. But again, you're kind of limited to how, uh, you know, it's, it's a one year, you know, it's, it's few year deal, but it's technically a one year deal. Um, Singletary, I mean, he played great at the end of the year. He showed that he could be an effective back in that system. Uh, James Cook, I'm not as high on as everybody else. So um, I've always thought Singletary was definitely a value right now. Um, and Penny, I, I, his, I, I'll give everybody this. Penny's value is fine at RB37. You can get him great. Maybe you get some upside there. But um, I don't see the hoopla over a guy that's basically had about four or five games his entire career where he's had good numbers and he looked – good um he could not even beat out chris carson for the starting gig when he came into the league so a seventh round running back just whooped out a first round running back's butt in camp and took over that role penny is due and everybody keeps saying he's gonna do something it's not give me the kenneth walker at this point i'm out on penny see you later Miami think, has 67 running backs. Policy. I saw that. That's funny. <laughs> there, there, there's another point I want to make about Miami, too. Now, if y'all watched any of the pressers that Mike McDaniel did after the draft, him and the GM were laughing their asses off because they're like, I think their first pick wasn't until the third round. And if you listen back to the clips on it, they got sniped on Tyrion Davis Price. Like, he must have been high on their board at that part of the draft. And they were like, yeah, we were looking at somebody and. Eh, he got taken right before us. So mm. don't discount, like, even if Chase Edmonds hangs around there for two years, don't discount, like, it, it, look, it's not going to be Sonny Michelle and Raheem Mostert next year. They're probably going to bring in another back to pair with him regardless, if not put capital behind another running back to take over the, the heavy lifting of that backfield. So right now, if you can get, like, we get some camp hypes, videos, and stuff like that, Chase Edmonds being like, boom, one-handed catch, then... Bye. Throw him yep. in a toss him in a trade. Bye. 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 Gone. Yeah, I mean, if there's okay. any Dolphins running back I do want, it is definitely Chase Edmonds. I have absolutely no uh you know, no want for either Moster or, or Michelle at this point. You know, they're just really not not valuable. I mean, we we'd need to see uh, you know, Tua and the Dolphins constantly be putting them in a scoring position and and getting goal line work and and being efficient with that goal line work to really even have a hope. While Chase Edmonds, we, we know he's going to get the third down work. He's probably going to be working the two-minute drill. Uh, he's probably not going to see that goal line work, but depending on what McDaniels is planning on doing uh, from an offensive perspective, I mean, this guy seems like he could be an absolute wild card. Yes, we know the coaching tree that he comes from, but just based on on what I've seen from him in his short time that he has been there, uh, I wouldn't really you know put anything and lock it in as far as what this guy's going to do. Uh, it's it's a surprise, and this this leads to a, you know ambiguity here at the running back position for Miami. All these guys are pretty far down. Yes, Chase Edmonds RB thirty five. You are going to have to pay up for more than the others. Uh, but as I mentioned, uh, PPR leagues, which just seems almost a standard at this point uh, chase edmonds is definitely the guy that i am willing to take a chance on all right a anything i guess let's go ahead and rank those guys behind stevenson let's do edmund singletary and penny rank them for me d bro <sighs> okay um i would go stevenson edmonds uh 
give me Penny over Singletary. Um, I'm I'm not in on Singletary. I look not only have the Bills told us, and he has been in a a really damn elusive back over the last two to three seasons. That's not the problem, but the Bills have told us this, and not only have the Bills told us this, but Singletary's numbers have told us this. He's a terrible pass protector. He is not great in the run in in the the receiving game. Yeah, he got targets, but he didn't do shit with them last year. He was so so horribly inefficient with it. So you're looking at like, have we seen just crazy upside just based off the rushing equity Rashad Penny has and the talent that it when he is supposedly right that he can be. I mean, honestly, one of the best pure rushers in the NFL. And based off of what last year's stretch run we saw, I don't think that that's crazy to say. Now, we've only seen it in that one instance. I, I get that. But I'll take that brief flash over a player like Devin Singletary where he's an early down grinder who's not big enough to be an early down grinder. So even the role that he kind of like seems like he fits, he doesn't. So, I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't want any Singletary. Yeah, 50 targets each of the past two seasons for Singletary. As you mentioned, the efficiency wasn't quite there. Terrible. The bills were more than uh, you know apparent, and, and the fact that they were looking for a receiving back after J.D. McKissick, you know, free Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick to the bills. No, just kidding. Antonio Gibson is now even deader than dead was before, and, and here we are. But, uh, PZ, what about you? Edmund Singletary Penny, just rank those three for me real quick before we move on into the wide receivers uh for me just like you said it man it's uh it's Edmonds at Singletary Penny I will have nothing to do with ever uh it may just be my personal grudge against people holding me back from this one but Penny is just he's he's just a guy that uh I cannot get on board with no thank you all righty well that is the running back position let's move along though here into the wide receivers at this point and we're going a little bit further down here starting with hunter renfro wide receiver 44 michael gallup wide receiver 45 Kadarius tony wide receiver 46 and christian kurt coming in at wide receiver 49 Debro, we're going to kick it off to you you're on the clock you you, you need a some wide receiver depth here you've already locked up your starting too uh you know but you need a little bit of depth here these are the top options on the board. Tell me who you're going with and tell me why. Uh, I'm going to take the home run swing. I'm going to go for Kadarius Tony here. I think that he has the highest tangible upside of any of these guys. And I know we saw it in a, in a really brief flash last year. I understand the injuries. I understand some of the all-field stuff. I, I get all of that. And if Kadarius Tony fails, it's not probably because of talent. Because what we saw... In a really, really brief stretch, he was only one of five wide receivers last year to be targeted on 29% or higher of his routes and to have over two yards per route run. And that list that he is on with these other five wide receivers, I mean, it's it's elite, man. You're talking about Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, players like that that are in this same stratosphere as what Kadarius Toney did last year. And I understand, small sample size, but legitimately, who is he competing with with targets? Dusty Kenny Galladay, who sadly, like as a player that I liked previously, but that type of archetype of contest catch, go up and get it type of wide receiver, you need two different things. One, um, a good quarterback that's willing to sit here and make those types of throws, 
And number two, you're going to need some luck because that type of archetype, when it falls off, it falls off fast. We've already seen that with Kenny Galladay. So I think there's a real and easy path for Kadarius Tony to just explode this year. Um, so I, I'll take the home run swing with him. He's the guy that I'll put my hat on for this group because outside of that, look, I, I get we saw Hunter Renfro play well last year. Again, no Darren Waller. He's got Devontae Adams to contend with. Um, you're really hoping for a Darren Waller, and I know I'm not saying we're hoping for injuries, but like for the upside scenario of Hunter Renfro over the next, say, two seasons, you need an injury to one of the other top dogs for him to really gravitate back to what we saw last year. Um, if, if I'm not going to go with Kadarius Tony here, guys, Christian Kirk is probably my number two. I honestly think that he's, I, I don't want to say he's, he's the best value in dynasty right now, but I, he is way too damn low in dynasty startups, way nice. too low. Legitimately. Like he drops like a damn stone and it's because of Jacksonville and because everybody just, you know, we're all just spiking on the contract that he got. Okay. Well, it might, we might think that the contract itself, just as a standalone thing, might be dumb as shit, but it still doesn't matter because he's going to get a lot of targets. He's one of the latest guys you can get in a dynasty startup that could easily project for 120, 130 targets. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, where mm -hmm. he goes in dynasty startups is absolutely ludicrous. He's young, and he's under cost control certainty. Who the hell else is going to get targets there? What, Marvin Jones? No. Uh, Zay Jones? Shit, no. Like that, that is, he's a great, great value. So if it's not Tony for me, I'll take Christian Kirk, man. Yeah, I love that call. I, I'm there with you as far as Tony goes. As you mentioned, those targets per route run last year, finishing ahead of guys like my guy, Deontay Johnson, who came in at six, Tyreek Hill at seven, Justin Jefferson at eight. So we're really talking about uh, you know putting this guy in a category with some real top dogs. Yes, that sample size was little, but I mean, we saw, you know, once again, talent demands targets. And, and when this guy was on the field and running routes, he was getting those targets. And, and he's got the wiggle to just uh, essentially take just about any ca uh, catch he takes to the house. Uh, you know, I really, I really like this kid coming out of Florida this past year. I wasn't as high on him as a prospect, uh, you know, but obviously the Giants were high on him, uh, you know, coming in and giving him the capital that they did give him. And, and we did get to see a glimpse of maybe what they saw, and it was nice. And Debro mentioned, I mean, the other options there, uh, yes, there's there's a lot of uh, chefs there in that kitchen, if you will. But I, I, as I mentioned, the talent is going to demand the targets, and Kadarius Tony was absolutely electric when they got the ball in his hands. They're going to find a way to do it. Dabal being there, I think, is really going to allow Daniel Jones, if, if healthy, to take a next step here in his career. Really, who's, he seems like he's fighting for his job at this point. You know, if he comes out and, and is throwing out bricks this year, you know, this could be the last of, of Daniel Jones here for the Giants. So uh, I'm hoping he does. I think. All Giants, really, in general at this point, including Saquon Barkley, are all good buys at, at their given cost. And that, that's I'm talking best ball. I'm talking redraft. And sure, I'm talking dynasty because none of these guys that really have really any respect on their value at this time. So, you know, even if it doesn't work out, you're not going to be – the cost isn't going to be there. So some Giants, go get them. Kadarius Tony, probably my favorite one to buy right now. But uh, Daniel Jones is a sneaky buy this year. Yes, the risk as I mentioned, is there. But the upside, I, I think we could talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, no, I, I feel it, man. Like, uh, you know, um, 
you know, Tony has been a, he's, he's a guy that I'm not touching. Um, and I won't touch. Uh, it's just, it, this is just my own personal thing here. Um, you know, when the giants threw it up that he could be traded during the draft, I think there's smoke there, man. I think they realize that they got a kid that, you know, he potentially, he, he has a, his, his skill set's ridiculous. Uh, and he does have the upside to be, uh, you know, a great wide receiver in the NFL. But then why I just aren't think you trading they're... for him? Why are you not touching him, bees? Tell me that. I, I You're making just, out a positive you, case, but in the other sentence, you said you yeah, don't want him. I, I think I think that this kid reminds me a lot of, it, it, not from the skill set perspective, but he reminds me of a Devontae Parker, a kid that could come Ooh, out. He's going to have, ouch. like, yeah, that, this is who he reminds me of. A kid that's going to come out, he's going to show you this uh, electric skill set, or this skill set that just is like, yes, he's going to be a wide receiver one. And you might see it one year, and then he's just going to fade year after year and then he'll have another little resurgence and then he's gonna fade and fade uh you know i i just i don't know there's just a lot of like there's just like little smoke things that keep coming up with him his attitude you know his you know the giants kind of came out and they grabbed Wandell robinson who in, in a sense can be a gadget player similar to the way that he is um i, I don't know man i just i just do not feel Kadarius tony and and i just don't want anything to do with him and um i'm willing to i'm willing to you know i'm willing to take renfro here um, I think that he has got, you know, one of the best. I, I think he's so underrated for what he can bring to the table. Uh, Josh McDaniels coming over from New England. I mean, this system, his offensive system has, uh, you know, slot guys have been a huge part of it. Now, yeah, Devontae's Adams is there. He's going to see a bigger target share. Darren Waller's coming back. You got to account for those. But in all honesty, I think Renfro could see more targets than what people are giving him for in that offense. And I think he is a massive value right now for where he is going. Uh, same be it for Christian Kirk. I've always been a Kirk fan. I have one on so many different, my, so many of my different teams, but, uh, you know, like Debro said, uh, he went to Jacksonville. We all got, it's a Jacksonville. Oh, he's going to suck. Blah, 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 blah. Um, another big buy for me. I think he fits well into that system. He's going to be playing in the slot. Trevor Lawrence is, you know, they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. So Lawrence is going to have to throw it. I think, you know, he is going to see a really 120, 130 targets this year. Um, and, and, you know, Christian Kirk could get deep too. Uh, you know, he's not just this little, you know, flash across the field guy. He can, he can move the chains. So um, I, I like him moving forward, but Tony, uh, not for me. Gallup, uh, he's, he might be one of the most overrated wide receivers in the NFL right now, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. And we know oop, Debo's on mute. Man, Go ahead. I'm, yeah. I'm boomering it up. Good Lord. Go get um, him, man. Go get him. So here's the thing, man. I didn't even, and if everybody wants to rewind that, I didn't even, you didn't even hear me mention Gallup's name when I went through these wide receivers. Nope. And sadly, that's because his efficiency metrics are bad. Like, and, and I understand people go to like, oh, it's Dallas. So it's counting stats and things like that. And I'm not saying like, I, I didn't want to throw too much shade at Gallup, but if you look at his yards per route run in three of the four seasons out of his career, all, the only the season that he was fantastic was the year that he had the breakout season. I want to say it was 2019 off the top of my head, but outside of that, you're looking at a player that hasn't crested 1.4 yards per route run in any season, any like, and I, and just to give context, the players that are down there in the 1.3, 1.4 range are replacement level talents. If I were to roll through the names, you'd be like, oh, good Lord, I don't want any of these guys. 
And, but Michael Gallup is down there. And so as much as I like the Dallas passing attack, as much as I like Dak, as much as I like his situation, if we're talking about players that are going to continually earn targets and you're also basically going to be dealing with like almost like a bye year with Gallup right now in the sense that like he's probably going to miss a lot of games this season. And when he does come back, even the previous effectiveness, you can't sit here and sew him into for the 2022 season. So even after this year, you've got a perfect storm that somebody else can step up in this offense to take that number two role because they really should. Like players that have gotten a lot of volume in the past and basically have gotten a lot of volume, not because they are, are incredibly talented and they're commanding that volume, but basically they were the best option out of eh, options. That means that whenever we get more talent in the depth chart, you're not going to see them command those same types of targets. One of the guys that like perfectly fits this diagram and people still want to chase because he's young, although he has been wretchedly efficient his entire career, is DJ Chark. Like he was he posted yards per outrun numbers really, really similar to Michael Gallup, like over his career. Now, yeah, he, I mean, they're basically what and what. The only thing that is with Gallup in the breakout season, we saw his yards per route run go up into like the upper echelon tier where you're like, wow, this guy is good. But then he crested right back into the doldrums that he had been in previously in the other times of his career. Shark never gave us that like outwardly efficient season, even in his breakout year to say, okay, maybe that's in his range of outcomes, but outside of injuries, which I know is part of the, the realm with DJ Chark, you're seeing other players have come into there, have commanded targets and stuff. And he also wasn't signed as a free agent to like a multi-year deal or anything like that. If Dallas didn't sign Gallup, maybe he wouldn't have got the same kind of deal. So Gallup is going to be the bottom of this list for me. And it's not that I hate the player. It's just that we all have our processes and how we, we, we look at players and their dynasty values and trying to project them, not what they've done previously, but project them forward. Gallup's a guy I would be trading away in every single freaking league. And I don't want anything to do with. Love it. Yeah. I'm, I think we're all pretty much on the same page. Me and Debro going Tony Kirk, Renfro Gallup and BZ who's shitting all over Tony uh, probably has him a little bit further down, but well, I mean, uh, we he, can... he, he, he shit on him and then he kind of cleaned him up with a napkin and said like, Oh, I'm sorry that I did that. And then decided to just crap on him again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, Double it's, deuce. Like, it's, like, it's like the wood stain. <laughs> it's like the wood stain that you paint on and then you have to take a rag and like wipe it off to, to yeah. achieve the, the, the color that you're looking for. So BZ yep. good looking out. Let's move on into the tight ends, though, BZ. And we are starting here with really back end tight end one, uh, upper echelon tight end two here with Cole Komet at tight end 12, Noah Fant tight end 13, Albert O tight end 14, and Irv Smith coming in at tight end 15. Debro, we're going to kick it to you again, man. Let's just start off. Let me hear the process. I mean, run it down. Go, go through each one, starting starting with the guy who who you're going to go ahead and run up to the podium <sighs> and smash here when you're on the clock. There's two guys that, I, that I'm fighting. Uh, it, it, there's an inner battle, fellas. There's inner turmoil, um, indigestion. I don't feel good about having to choose between both of these guys are basically <laughs> like sons to me. Um but we have to make a choice. 
Cole Komet's the guy that I'll take out of the top uh, for any one of these guys. Uh, one, you go to contract. He's still got some years in his rookie deal. He's still going to be able to grow with Justin Fields. He's only competing with targets with Darnell Mooney. And the other thing about it is we saw all the usage numbers were there for Komet last year. He was top 12 in damn near everything you can point to. He was top 12 in target share. He was top 12 in receptions, receiving arts. The only thing he didn't do was score touchdowns. He had zero. If he didn't score touchdowns, he wouldn't even be on this list. If he had gotten into the end zone five or six times, he would have been sniffing close to top 10, top 12 tight end ranking last year, and he wouldn't even be this low. People wouldn't even be talking about, like, you would not see him rank this low in Dynasty if that would have happened. So he's the guy I'm going to go with over the rest of this field, and it is not because I don't love Irv Smith. I am still on the hashtag Let Irv Swerve movement. It is a thing. It needs to continue. I think we're going to see him ball out this year. But I pump, I, bu I bump Irv a, a little bit lower because he's also, and I don't know if people put this together because he's still, like, we've only seen him in spurts. We haven't seen him over a full season of being the number one guy. He's going to get that this year, but I don't know if people realize he's on the final year of his rookie deal, too. So after that, like, I love the fact that he's in a contract year in the sense that if he goes out and he does the damn thing, Minnesota probably retains him, would be my guess, because Adam Thielen's getting older, and they don't have anybody else behind Je Justin Jefferson. I'm sorry, K.J. Osborne was okay. He wasn't great. So don't come at me with K.J. Osborne, love. I think they keep Irv Smith there, but he's going to have to put up the numbers, and I think that we see that the, the runway is clear for him to do that this year. But if we're splitting hairs and i got to pick a top guy... It's Cole Komet because, again, there is that uncertainty with Irv Smith about what happens to him after this year. As much as I love him because you're looking at a consolidated target tree, fellas. It's yep. it's Justin Jefferson, it's Adam Thielen, and it's Irv Smith. Like, yep. after that, what you got, K.J. Osborne? Who else? Even, at, like, Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook's probably the number three option. Like, right. you know, so... I, that that's where I'm at with it. So I, I I think Irv and Komet are a higher tier than the other guys here. And this is not because I'm throwing shade at Albert O. I think he is a really, really talented player. But if we look at what Hackett did in Green Bay, they're going to run a lot of 21 personnel. They're going to run a lot of 12 personnel. Greg Dulcich is there. So you look at all the different parts and pieces of this passing attack Alberto is fighting to be the third, maybe fourth guy there. May he might even be the fifth. He might be yeah. the fifth. It's possible because you go down the target pecking order. There's uh, Cortland Sutton, who is at the top. He's number one. Just just Ooh. want to throw that out there. He's Ooh. number one. It's not Jerry Judy, so don't go down that rabbit hole. Just, just Jerry, tell me. Okay. Just tell me. Okay. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> We can have a Jerry Judy fight at the very end of this. I'm totally fi fine with that. We, we, we can throw down. But let me get back to the tight ends. Alberto, the problem is, is that you have Cortland Sutton. You have Jerry Judy. You have Tim Patrick. Oh, my Lord. You still have KJ Hamler. Every one of those guys could be fighting for targets over over Albert O this year. And you have Greg Dulcich waiting in the wings, which I understand it's a rookie tight end. But again, we're talking about a system that's going to feature two tight ends on the same field at the same time. 
that's going to mm-hmm. eat in some routes. It's going to eat in some targets. Unless Alberto is just going to be the unquestioned guy and he never comes off the field, which we don't know. It could be both of the guys running routes on 50, 60% of dropbacks, and that's a cap Alberto's ceiling, much less the fact of where he fits in the target pecking order. And so for me, it's Komet, it's Irv, it's Alberto, and then I'll put Noah Fan at the very bottom because, look, I. Seattle again. We're gonna see two tight ends. They they gave us they they gave a stupid contract to Will Disley, fellas, and I, and Noah yeah. Fant's never really been a thing. Like, I don't want to chase the third or fourth option on a passing attack that's gonna have Geno Smith or Drew Locke under center for this year, and we're just hoping and praying they get competent quarterback play after that. So, yep. Yeah, I'm there with you. I, I like commit the most out of these three. And then I have Alberto and Irv Smith actually pretty close, uh, neck and neck, um, and, and Noah Fant a, a little bit below them. So uh, I think we're all pretty much on par here for, for what we would do and the guys we would target in this general range. Yeah, you know, I, I'm again, Komet was my guy to start with here. Uh, absolutely big year coming for that kid. Everybody knows the Irv Smith guy, man. I, I have been going after Irv for the last two years. I love this kid. The talent is there. The opportunity is there. Um, you know, and like Debro said, he's on the contract year. So he wants to make an impression. He wants to get paid. He's only 23 years old. This kid is a Juju Smith Schuster of tight ends. Um, you know, he's oh. just uh, that sounded like a slight. I'm gonna hear. I'm, I'm gonna take that as a slight. It's not a slight, dude. It's just it's age-wise. Age. We're just not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's Herb is incredible, man. He's got a he's got a really versatile skill set. He can line up all over the field. Um, I think that they, I, like I said, KG Osborne. I was never a big fan of, um, but I think the Herb can definitely step up and take over that role. Um, as that number, you know, three or number four guy in terms of the pecking order. Um, so for me, it's Komet. Uh, Irv, Alberto, and then Fan at the bottom. Beautiful, guys. All right, let's move along into our next segment. And in this segment, Debro, I'm just going to throw a couple of quick questions at you, and you hook us up with an answer and maybe a couple of minutes of analysis as to why you went that route. And as I'm rereading my first question here, um, it almost feels like a no-brainer. I'm going to kind of change it up here on the fly, put you on the spot here, and just ask you, in a nutshell, this season, would you rather have Ezekiel Elliott or James Conner and, and, and go? Connor. Uh, like, <laughs> give me Connor. Give me give me tons of Connor. Don't die. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want Zeke. Zeke has been... Zeke has been run to the point where the tires don't have a lot of tread left on them. And this happens to all running backs. I mean, yes, we could point to efficiency metrics and say he tailed off. I, I I get it. I get it. He played hurt all last year. Okay, that's fine. Like, he's getting to a point in his career and the workload's piling up to where we can't assume that we're going to see that Ezekiel Elliott of old and stuff. And I understand we have base, best shape of your life season that's coming up and we'll probably see... One or two, like, pictures of Zeke with some, you know, like, ah, some abs. And everybody's going to be like, oh, okay, back in on the Zeke train. But <laughs> for me, man, like, James Conner is in a fantastic situation. He's one of the best running backs you can get in Dynasty right now. If we're all talking about we play in two-year windows, three-year windows, which everybody talks about that shit. But then they want to sit here and they go the age route. And they're like, but he's too old. 
He's got a two-year contract, people. <laughs> two-year contract that's going to make him a workhorse. He's not going anywhere. This is a team that's top 10 in red zone rushing rate. So people will point to, well, he got all these carries inside the 20, inside the 10, inside the 5. Yes, he did. And that could easily happen again this year. He could get more touchdowns this year. And I, th- I, underscore, I understand. He scored a ton of touchdowns last year. I understand that. But this is a team that tells you we want to run the rock in close. That's not changing, man. Like, as much as I like Kyler, they talk about, like, okay, they don't let Kyler cook and stuff. This offense is deemed, and it's, it's, it's manufactured around the fact that Kyler can't see the middle of the field. You look at all of his targets, where he goes, where he throws, how this offense is prescribed, how it's drawn up. He does not throw over the middle of the field. Maybe that changes this year, but it'd be one of those things where it's like, okay, we, we, we need to see it because we haven't seen it yet. And it's going to remain a run-heavy offense. It's going to remain a team that is going to be in the red zone often. It's going to remain a team that is going to be running a lot when they get in close. So James Conner, you're telling me he's got double-digit touchdown upside shit. He could lead the team. He could lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns, and I don't think that's a crazy statement. And he does that, and he's got two-year contract certainty why do people not want this man in dynasty is beyond me like him and leonard fournette and people consider and make the weight jokes if you're playing if you are if you are practicing what you preach and you play in a two-year window in dynasty you should want as much leonard fournette and james connor's you could possibly freaking get your hands on and yes you're going to point to oh well the injuries you just described the entire running back position they all get injured because it, guess what? It's the position. The injury risk is high. If they stay healthy, then it's Yahtzee. We get 13, 14 games. We're sitting here praising the stars and the heavens. We don't need 17 games. Give me 13, 14 games of elite RB production. I'll figure the shit out for the other three or four games. That's fine. That's yep. totally fine. So if you really play in a two-year window, James Conner should be the slam dunk answer here. I love it. All right, D bro, I'm gonna give you for the next one. I'm gonna give you four second year wide receivers. I, I know this one and, already. And I want you to tell me which one you believe <laughs> is going to take the leap this year. And that we're gonna start with <laughs> Bateman, Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith, and Kadarius Tony. Of those four, I have a feeling I know which one you're gonna yeah. talk up here as well. But let's go ahead and hear it and tell us why. Uh Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. We could have just saved about mm, 10, 15 seconds off the show out there. You could have just stopped the list of Rashad Bateman. You really could. You could have just said Rashad Bateman and the rest of the names don't matter because I know where he's going to go with this. Considering I have Rashad Bateman as a top 15 dynasty wide receiver, and guess what, fellas? I was there last year. He was inside my top 20. So if you're following the ranks, you would already had one massive shit ton of, of Rashad Bateman on your dynasty squads. You're welcome. Rashad Mm -hmm. Bateman is going to just crush this year. He was an elite-level prospect last year. He did not get a ton of playing time. We didn't see him get 80% or more snaps until freaking week 15. Yet, he still finished half of his games as a top 36 wide receiver. And I understand that's a really low bar, but you got to understand quarterback play, a rookie who basically was asked to play the X role from the jump, which he can play, but 
as a rookie coming in who was hurt throughout camp, missed a large chunk at the beginning of the season when you're building rapport, you're getting reps, you're getting starters reps, you're missing tons of time in practice, and yet he came out, he performed well, he commanded targets, and he was top 30 in win rate versus man coverage. If you head over to reception perception, he's fantastic. Matt Harmon does amazing work, which if this is not part of your process, welcome. I don't know where the hell you've been. You need to go ahead over there and check out his work. Above the 80th percentile in man press zone, like he's checking all the damn boxes and he was elite level prospect. Coming out, he, he checks all the damn boxes you want. Early career production in college elite numbers in yards per route run what he was doing oh and guess what he could play the outside oh dear lord and he could play the slot because he did both of those things in minnesota he's gonna crush this year fellas and don't come at me with baltimore's gonna run the damn ball <laughs> marquise brown was top 12 in target share amongst all wide receivers last year he was yeah. wide receiver 21 in fantasy points per game i understand they threw more in neutral script it's Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. Who in the shit is going to get targets outside of the two of them? So they can run a bunch, and Rashad Bateman can still get 120-plus targets this year, people. This year. I love Rashad Bateman. He's a top 15 dynasty wide receiver. I have him comfortably inside my top 24 wide receivers for the season in redraft. I have all the Rashad Bateman. I would get more if I could, but I already got it all, so that's fine. I don't have to trade for him. I, I want him over all these guys, and it's not to say that I don't love Devonta Smith because what he did last year was fantastic. I'm a, I'm a Jalen Hurts stan. I don't give two shits. The guy can play. He plays well. He's gotten better every single year he's been in college and the NFL as a quarterback. So don't come at me and tell me that he can't continue to get better because he will. He'll show you. It's all good. So I like Devonta Smith. I like the other wide receivers here. But it's it, it's shoddy B, man. It's yeah. shoddy B by a mile. Say no more. Say no more. So Boom. the the last one here I have for you, D bro, is which rookie from this year's class do you think will have the best ROI <laughs> when we are at the here end of this season? So you know, obviously we've had guys like. Justin Jefferson, who who you were getting at 110, 111 in some super flex leagues. Who's the guy this year that that you can really see taking that leap? And you didn't necessarily have to pick uh, spend even a top five, top six rookie pick on this year, but is going to leapfrog all those guys there that went ahead of him. Okay, so the caveat, I was going to say the slam dunk on the ROI was going to be Drake London. But you threw the caveat in here, Dan, about, like, it, you can't have a top three, top five pick. So, that that throws a wrench in the gear, my man. Um, and we're going with just rookie wide receivers here, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Or, actually, it, it can be any rookie. It, you know, there's not a whole lot of running backs, obviously, in this, no. this range that you were talking about. But, I mean, you could say, uh, you know... Uh, uh, you know, one of these running backs, Rashad White, okay. if Lenny gets, uh, you know, goes down I'll, or whatever. I'll give you, know. you two names. I'll give you two Let's names. And you didn't need a top five pick to get one of these guys. You didn't even need a first round pick to get the other one. I'll start off with Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller was not a guy that I was massively into as a prospect of walking into the NFL, but where he landed, and I, I do think that he has a good skill set and good enough numbers to produce. This was not me crapping on him. I think he has enough athleticism to play in the NFL and meet the benchmarks that we need. The reason I love Isaiah Spiller is he's going to walk in week one and be the one beat Austin Eckler. 
if Eckler goes down, if he misses time at all, Isaiah Spiller is going to be a freaking guy we're going to be ranking as a top 10 running back on a weekly basis. Joshua Kelly's not getting run. Larry Roundtree's not getting run. I have Isaiah Spiller as a top 36 running back for redraft right now, and I understand that people might think that that is spicy, but you get into that range. Tell yep. me why Isaiah Spiller as being a guy who's going to be a running mate with Austin Eckler on a team that's going to be top five in scoring, top five in red zone opportunities. Tell me why or how this offense can't support two top 36 wide receivers if he gets the volume. Now, if you want to do in your projections where he's not going to get the volume, okay, that's fine, but I think you're wrong in the sense that they do not want to run Austin Eckler into the damn ground. Bingo. They don't. They don't. This is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. So they want Eckler healthy and fresh for the entire mm -hmm. season. We might not love that for fantasy. And I think that pushes Eckler down a little bit. But I love Isaiah Spiller, man. I've been grabbing him up in every single draft. He he was falling to like the 205. Shit, you could get him at like the end of the second round in some rookie yeah. dynasty drafts. Like yep. I got him at the 210 in some spots. And these are industry leagues, guys. Yep. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, I didn't expect when I walked out of NFL draft season that I was going to be the Spiller guy, but shit, here we are. Yeah. So <laughs> I like Isaiah Spiller, man. But the other name that is going to sit here and be on this list, if it's not Drake London, because you needed a top three pick to get Drake London, I am so sick and freaking tired because just because people hype up a player and he lands on a really good team, it's okay for you to love him. Like, you got permission. It's fine. You can be happy about a player. That's fine. Like, the Dynasty community as a whole is so freaking terrible about, like, wanting to go the other direction just to be different. About, like, oh, well, we, you know, we've seen this before. We've seen this before. <laughs> there was a second-round wide receiver that didn't do shit. If you're comparing Mecole Harbin and Sky Moore as the same damn prospect level, you need to go back and reconsider how you're evaluating rookies. I'm going to throw that out there. Because Sky Moore checks all the boxes. All of them. If you want to go with the reception perception, his top like he's almost 90 percentile versus every single mark that you can name. He led the damn nation and missed tackles forced. He is a yak machine. He could play in the slot. He could play outside. And dear Lord, we're talking about a player who was going outside the top five picks. You could still, if you didn't have a rookie draft or you're walking into it, dear Lord, now you're probably still going to see him outside the top five or six picks. It's just, it, it's happening. It has been happening. I've taken him as early as 105 in, in a lot of rookie drafts, and people are like, ah, you took him over Traylon Burks? What are you doing? You're an idiot. Oh, my God. You took him over Jamison Williams? Well, I play in a shit ton of leagues. Yeah, I got my Jamison Williams exposure. That's fine. I got him. Res He's ranked as wide yeah. receiver, too. I'm not a JMO hater. Love the man. But you're talking about Sky Moore's attached to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He was a supreme prospect coming out. And, oh, next year... He's competing with targets with a year older Travis Kelsey, Marquez Valdez Scantling. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, sorry, not Juju because he's a free agent. He's only on a one year deal. Oh, yeah. Miko Harbin. Oh, no, no. Miko Harbin's going to be a free agent too. So Sky Moore is going to be competing with Travis Kelsey and Marquez Valdez Scantling for targets in his year two in the Kansas City Chiefs offense, tied to Patrick Mahomes for the next three plus seasons. 
And we don't want that player? What the hell are we doing here? I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. Why push back against the hype? It's fine if you like good players. It's even better if you like good players that are on good teams. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, well, you heard it from Derek. I mean, if, if you're looking for some good ROI and you happen to have any rookie drafts left, uh, target Isaiah Spiller and, and try and make a trade and get there to that 106, 109 range there. And maybe you can get a piece of Sky more because uh, – the sky is indeed the limit with him and the situation he finds himself in. So uh, let's keep it moving along here, though. I think that is pretty much most of the segments. Derek, I did want to take a minute to mention an article that you just recently dropped. It is Derek Brown's perfect 2022 fantasy football draft article. Tell everybody a little bit about that and, and more importantly, where they can find it. Oh, yeah. I mean, all my content is at Fantasy Pros. Um uh, I do the podcast with Joe and Erickson, um, as well as we, we have a, just a ridiculously talented team from Pat Morris to Matthew Freeman to, I mean, everybody on the team is fantastic, man. Um, so I'm in the podcast. The, the article that you're mentioning right now is, is part of our redraft kit, which should be live, uh, before the end of June. We're really pushing, uh, all of our writers are in the final stages. I've got a few pieces that I got to sit here and finish to get that thing live. They're going to have that live on Fantasy Pros, so look for the redraft kit. The best ball uh, kit is already live. Tons of content in there, as well as the Dynasty Rookie Draft Guide is still live there. Even if you're done with your rookie drafts, that thing is a beast. It's an absolute beast. So if you're just now getting into Dynasty, you're, hell, you're going to do another startup. We got all of our ranks. There's strategy pieces. There's trade pieces. There's approaches for every different type of build you would want to go for. Different formats, different scoring systems, all in these kits. It's it's just it's a mountain of content, guys. So the redraft kit, as well as my perfect draft, man. I I poured a lot of time and effort into that. I really want to give people as much as I possibly can and the best that I can produce out there. So I went through 30, 30 plus players for this going through all like the top 13 rounds basically the top three rounds i'm laying out two plus players that you can get at every different spot of the round these are players that i'm heavily exposed to and will be heavily exposed to in best ball formats redraft i'm not going to sit here and tell you something that i am not also going to do myself that's not going to happen so if I'm sitting here telling you with inflection, with energy, and putting it out there in the content space off of players that I'm going after, this is the list. No bullshit. These are the list of players that I'm going to be heavily exposed to this year. So if you want to find out all those players, and it's a lot of them, head over to Fantasy Pros today, man. Check it out. My Perfect Draft is live, and there's more to come. Yeah, and I will have the link to that article here in the description uh, post-show here. So just if you're listening in on this, check the description, and, and you can click the link right there to find that article. Um, I want to make sure that everybody is indeed here. Sub to the Sons of Dynasty YouTube page. Click the bell. You'll get notified when we go live or any time that we upload any new content. A big thank you to Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, as we mentioned, use our promo code SUNS22 to get 10% off there at fantasypoints.com with that premium subscription also want to take a moment to shout out brother matt who is with us tonight behind the scenes takes care of all the production and layover work that goes into each and every show we do does not get the facial recognition but is every bit as important as anybody else here uh, tonight so we do give a good hat tip there to brother matt once again, check out Viridian Global to get all your SOD gear. 
Uh, I am uh, stocked up with Viridian. You know, I'm wearing the shirt, the hat right now. Uh, I'm, I'm about to actually get some fantasy points uh, gear. You know, I, I want to get a little bit of that fantasy points swag uh, to put on when we are doing these fantasy points media group. Uh, so Viridian Global, I mean, they have a, a plethora uh, of choices, whether you want to support a, a small, uh, you know, fantasy football entity such as Sons of Dynasty or even some big boys that they have up there. there there's 50, 60, 70 even at this point for you to choose from. So, you know, if Sons of Dynasty isn't what you're into, there's plenty more, including generic NFL team shirts and everything else. We we couldn't be happier to be partnered up with Viridian. Uh, Dan. It's been wonderful for us. Do, do not sell yourself short. This is not a small entity. This is a growing enterprise. That's how we need to frame this, my friend. It's a growing there you enterprise. Go. Hey, absolutely. You know, we we're, we're, we we try to get the big fish on here, you know, so that way, you know, big fish, big splash, baby. <laughs> oh, man, y'all done messed up. I don't know what y'all thought y'all were getting with me then, because that wasn't the case. <laughs> hey, I BZ, done lied to somebody. <laughs> BZ, anything else you want to, uh, you know, plug or, or say before we get out of here this evening, man? Nah, man, I just want to say a special thank you to D-Bro for coming on, my man. It's been a pleasure shooting the shit with you today. Uh, it's been Same a long man. time coming, my man, and uh, grateful to have you. Hey, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. I appreciate y'all having me. Um, I know everybody says that on every damn show they go on, but literally, this has been a blast. I mean, y'all are too, outside of the content space and things of that nature, Two amazing humans. Um, love interactions. Love every talks that we've ever had, man. So more power to you, and people need to be supporting your work, man. I, I really, really thank y'all for having me. Appreciate hey, that, man. We, we really do appreciate you uh, coming on this evening. And, you know, even, even the GIF drops that we were doing in the group chat all day long, man. <laughs> I, I was hyped up for this one. And... And, you know, I don't know, it's going to take me a little while to come down off of this one as well. So, again, big shout out to you, man. We, we appreciate you. It's great to see you succeed in this space and take that next step, man. And I couldn't be happier for you, man. Thanks, brother. Grind knows grind, real knows real. So I appreciate yeah, absolutely. y'all. All right, everybody. Appreciate you all tuning in. And until next time, much love to everybody out there. Much love, fam. Yeah. Deep, bro. <laughs>